Happy Fourth of July, you guys. <laughs> hey, Happy America Day. Fourth of July. Yeah. God bless America. How's that sausage? This is uh, the sausage was good. The sausage was delicious, actually. Perfectly cooked, Ryan. Perfectly cooked. Thank you. Um, this is our second year in a row doing a show on the fourth. Well, we are patriots. Yes. College football is the most American sport, and uh, we celebrate it by talking about America, talking about college football. It's just a great time of year, you know. We got lots of that today. We do. First of all, we just had a delicious feast here at the Woos Media Studios that Tyler put on. Thank you, Tyler. Sure did. Yes. Thank you, sir. Thank we, you, we knocked out a lot of American classics. Hot dogs. Uh, now, I, I actually listened back to last year's show because mm. you had a specific couple things you liked. A couple two, requests. My, my writer. The two requests. <laughs> well, because everyone has their normal requests, right? The hot dogs, the whatever it is. But you had two last year that stuck out. One was watermelon. Oh, yeah. You love watermelon. Must have. And then two was... Top cut buns for the hot dog. Yeah. Both and of those I obliged uh, to this 100%. year. So I got those for, for you specifically. I feel special. First time with a, a, a top cut bun. What'd you think? I thought it was great. You got to go in differently. It's a different head yep. exercise. <laughs> the, sure the neck is. has to get used to it. <laughs> huh. Interesting. <laughs> it's a different throat action. <laughs> <laughs> we, in fact, gobbled some, gliz- some glizzies. Yeah. So yeah. look, uh, it's it's 4th of July, one of my favorite holidays um, you know, I think it's important to to celebrate America, and people do it in their own ways. Uh, often, it's fireworks, hot dogs, uh, beers, and such. And uh, we're doing it in a special way with some good meals, and then talking some college football. So, well, and I also love this as the demarcation of this is always our last show before we get going with actual football. That's right. Because next next time we're here, you know, it's going to be early August. We're less than and, 60 uh, days from, then we from get college serious. football. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so excited. I can't wait. So it, that, that's going to be here quickly. And the 4th of July is always kind of that point where we get to turn the page and get ready for a new season. So, But I got a lot of stuff. I got picks for today. Yep. I got rankings. I got a bunch of college football stuff, too. So. Yeah, and we're going to talk. So we're, we're talking college football. Tyler's got uh, top three American movies. I've got my own top three as well. Smitty brought us some trivia. Sure did. Some special uh, trivia. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, again, there hasn't been, like, a, outside of recruiting, there hasn't been a ton of stuff in college football. But there was one story I want to talk with you guys about. Uh, it, this happened a couple weeks ago as while we were you know, taking a break and I remember talking to you on the phone tower and like I brought it up and you were like save it for the podcast and that was Nick Saban uh, did an interview with I'm trying to remember who I'm not sure if it was Marty Smith one of the college football people on ESPN recently and was still whining about not making the college football playoff last year and it, you know he, basically he was asked about do you think like uh, they were talking college football expansion. Is this going to help? Uh, what do you think of the current system versus you know what an, an expanded playoff would look like? And he started uh, complaining that he didn't make the playoff last year because uh, three of the four teams in the playoff, Alabama would have been favored against. That was his argument. It was like, hey, the people in Vegas said we would be favored against three of those four teams. And he was like, so, you know, do we have the right system? Are we just picking who wins yeah. or are we picking the best four teams? And I am, I'm, I can't believe that Saban <laughs> would stoop to this level because this strikes me more as something that like that, that someone not at, at Nick Saban's caliber would say, and I, I found it preposterous. It's the stupidest fucking argument I've heard. I, in I told so you long. to save it. I told you to save it because I knew how worked up you were. But I thought it was so ridiculous how worked up you were because I thought the point was proven to you last year that Alabama should have been there. Like, no. Are you, well, okay, but wait, wait, here's what I'm going to say. Okay, I'm not even going to argue that 
they weren't one of the four best teams, right? That's not even my argument. I'm not saying, and I understand that, that again, like that's the purpose of the playoff, right? But your argument resume, can't, your yeah, argument can't be, yeah, I mean, resume does matter. I mean, just no, because... Hey, hey, hey look, the, just, uh, yeah, I'm sure everyone's glad we got TCU in the final. That was fun. That um, was a fun game I mean, to they, watch. they beat Michigan, who everyone thought they wouldn't. So uh, again, like, there's a, Michigan was favored against TCU, so should we have just not played that game? I mean, maybe, like, like what are we doing? This is okay, stupid. I, again, thing. I know that here's Alabama is Alabama, and they're more talented, but if the spread is going to be a lot uh, uh, just dictated on on talent and, and you know and that type of thing then like why how I, i'm sorry but was alabama not favored in both the games they lost but it's not so should just that, that not have mattered it's not that they were favored it's how they lost they lost each game either in overtime going yeah, yeah. To overtime they were also uh same thing one play away from losing five games tyler so if we're gonna do that argument oh they only lost at the end the last thing, play of the game they also I, won look, on the last play of the game in I'm multiple not, games i'm not saying that he's right here. I'm saying that I get what he's doing. He's setting himself Stupid. up so this year, if he happens to lose <laughs> one again, he's going to look good in the eyes of the committee. That's what I'm saying. I think it's a brilliant Saban move. I think it's such a... He's like the Bill Belichick of of college football. He's always massaging the media, massaging the people who are voting and doing this. Like He's talking to the committee when he says that. So I think it's totally... I think it's awesome. I think it's just Saban being Saban, and he's just working him in the offseason, making sure if he gets those one or two losses, he's going to get the favor this year. Because, again, if he loses those games even by a touchdown, I don't think he's saying the same thing. He knows what we know. They would have won those games, and he's frustrated he didn't get the chance. Would they, though? I mean, again, if we're just going off the spread, would they have won those games? They again, they, they lost they games they were favored. <laughs> I know. Like, but, th- there's a reason why we play the games, and yeah, I, I think it's the opposite. I think the, the media is massaging Nick Saban, and he's it's more of a Robert Kraft situation. He's getting jerked off look, as opposed to uh, to being you know Bill Belichick in this situation. I think that you're putting too much into these single-game outcomes. This is what we always talk about. I don't want to repeat well, ourselves. No, but again, you're right from a gambling perspective, but we're not talking about gambling. We're talking about the playoff. And yeah, like but one, when you one say game, Michigan-TCU, like... I, I, I know what your argument is going to be. Nine times out of ten, yeah, it right? It shouldn't prove the point. It that, does, though. That is... We're we're not playing gambling. We're playing college football. You have okay. to win the games. Okay. I do think it proves the point because once we get the playoff, that's what's going to be so fun. Is when there's 12 teams, you're going to get the upsets yes. because it's one the game. The 12 teams so, solves this. Yeah, Alabama would have been in. No, I, but there's I, a, there's a reason that, why. Guess what? The favorites don't always win. <laughs> right. If they did tower, the you have to pay a lot more. Pissed off he is, right? He's so it's worked like, up. I right just now. can't believe Saban of all people would do the this. Saban, you think Saban is like a guy who's all about like, hey, you got to earn everything, right? You have to work for everything. Then why are you now saying? that you should have earned a playoff spot. When you lost two games, you shouldn't have. It's You stupid. know what I think? I think you should have had a brat, and you would have been one more, and you <laughs> I would have been dogs. a little less hot. I, I, to me, a dog yeah. is more American than a brat, even though I prefer brats. <laughs> yeah, I did have the, the dog, too. But do Ryan, Ryan uh, what do you think, Ryan? Are you on the Sabinator side, or what do you think here? I mean, yeah, I'm. you only get the games that are on your schedule. If you don't win them, then that's too bad. Shouldn't yeah. be in it. Well, I think, Sorry. Sa- I think Saban, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was I, – I expect better from Nick Saban, to be quite honest with you, but whatever. They didn't make it, and that's final. So. I think he's massaging him. He's working him like a – He's playing chess, not checkers. He's working him oh, like I a $20 massage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, at the same time, that's like a – that was good. All right. Um, are we doing movies soon? Yeah, you want to? Should go we, straight. I mean, it is Fourth of July. We, uh, yeah, I Tyler think, made I think we need to keep this more American, American movies. We need to keep this more patriotic, and we should do that by – my top three American movies. Now, you phrased it differently. It's not my top three American movies. It's my top three America 
movies. Well, right. I mean, I didn't expect... Uh, I didn't no, pick no, a bunch the, of, like, uh, foreign-made films, if that's what you were thinking. There's a difference between these. American if it were my top movies. three American movies, that's Independence Day. That's these, like, true American classics. So what's an America are, movie? An America would be number three, Beer Fest. Okay, Beer Fest mm. is a true... American classic in terms of they get into a contest I'd never heard of before. The Americans are looked down upon from the moment they sure. get there. Hero's journey. Exactly. They they triumph in the end. USA, USA. And when like it's a great American classic. Now, if you haven't seen it, probably not for the for the children, but what on this show is. Some children. But um there's a uh best part is where they show up in Germany, they meet the Americans, and they just completely Look down and shit on the fact that the Americans want to compete. Sure. Don't allow you on our beer fest. Yeah. You get a few drinks and your unju becomes a dirty head. Yeah. Yeah. You should go back to your strip malls and drink your zimas and schmear not by Then you can punch each other's ceiling. Okay, number two. And this gets a little bit more. It's still in the sports. So I'm going sports still. Yeah. Well, still, if you think. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Miracle, number two. Sure. Great movie. And I, I like it because it's actually like a good sports movie, but the speech in Miracle, I mean, that's one of the best scenes and that always gets me. I, I, I watch that sometimes before we record you get just to get up. ready for the show. Yeah. The speech. Uh, who is that? Kurt? Kurt Russell. Russell. You're telling me, boys. I'm sick and like. tired <laughs> of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Let's go. Okay. And then number one. Now, this isn't really the most American movie. It's Team America, World Police. Matt Stone, Trey Parker, the creators of South Park. Well, well, (laughs) but the message is actually that, you know, the USA is interfering with everyone's business. Right. Where we are, the World Police, things like that. But um, America. Yeah, America. Exactly. That's why it's my number one. You know, Um, a lot of people, a lot of people just automatically go with some. You know, the obvious movies. I didn't do that. But um, the the clips we have have nothing to do with the plot or anything. <laughs> I said they were hysterical. So, the you know, Hollywood always being sanctimonious and against everything. They're against Team America doing pretty much anything and everything. Of course. So, Tim Robbins uh, chimes in after the news is reporting on what uh, Team America is doing. This is Tim Robbins after the news report. This is Breaking News with Peter Jennings. Team America has once again pissed off the entire world after blowing up half of Cairo. And now some Hollywood celebrities are lashing out. Let me explain to you how this works. You see, the corporations finance Team America. And then Team America goes out, and the corporations sit there in their, in their corporation buildings, and, and, and see, that they're, they're all corporation-y, <laughs> and they make money. Hmm? And then right after that, Sean Penn. Hard to argue had, against that, you And know. then Sean Penn <laughs> chimes in. Sean Penn has the best. Last uh, year, I went to Iraq. Before Team America showed up, it was a happy place. They had flowery meadows and rainbow skies and, and rivers made of chocolate where the children danced and laughed and played with gumdrop smiles. <laughs> okay, so that's my number one. Of course. Team America. Love Team America. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I've got my three. I didn't do it. I did most American movies. Okay. So my number three is Air Force One. Okay. Because it's like, hey, we take down- 
you know, the, the Russians now, are the enemies. Harrison Ford's our president. Harrison Ford. You're just, you're just peak proud to be. That, that's like, if I could actually vote for Harrison Ford to be president, I would, I think. Air Force oh, One's sure. a good, good pick. Classic. Yeah, it's yeah. a classic And pick. then number two, Apollo 13, right? Where, where we lead the space race. Uh, it's a great American story of, of overcoming uh, some I, issues I in think, the middle, and we brought our boys home. I Tyler. think Will's gonna beat me in the polls in Mid America for the pit for the pick. Oh, for sure. Yeah, well, yeah. real I'm Americans. Too many people are going beer will fest. vote for me. That's for sure. Yeah. Maybe your you know your your communist fans will will vote for you, <laughs> Tyler. And number Whoa. one, you you named it Independence Day. That's just like I mean, it, it, today's the Fourth of July. Uh, we take down this one's even beyond Russians. It's like the super Russians, aliens. So you know we're taking down uh, <laughs> we're taking down the aliens classic American movie. That's my top three. Well, I just had a bite of sausage, so that's pretty American. <laughs> Smitty, do you have a top three? Uh, honestly, out of the six you guys named, were all of the ones that uh, I could come up with. Um, the only other one I had was a great one. I, in my opinion, Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Mm. Very good about the American dream. Uh, tearjerker. Uh, also has a son, biological son in it. Very good movie. Tom sure. Cruise, one of the first movies he did, uh, Born on the 4th of July. That's mm. one. That's right. Um, I mean, you could go... A lot of people have baseball movies for 4th of July movies. Oh, yeah. Field of Dreams time. would be yeah. a good one. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that one. A lot of All good right. ones out there. All right. Shout out to America. Uh, we got our preseason... Now, this was your idea, Tyler. Your, your top 10 preseason power rankings. Yes. Is this going to be... These are based off of your actual ratings, right? Yeah, these are just my overall ratings. I just narrowed it down to the top 10. Okay, got so, it. I can't um, wait to hear this because I have my top 10 as well. I want to see where we differ based off of like your metrics. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I do this on a system of uh, it's just simple math. So if one team is a 30, the other team's a 28, uh, they would be two-point favorites on a neutral field. And then we have to adjust for home. So uh, number one in the country, Georgia. Um, I mean, look, I'm not going to spend too much time on Georgia or Bama. We know they're both loaded. I mean, there's not a whole lot that Bama or Georgia have that we're not going to be surprised by. So Georgia is number one at a 30.1. And that's the highest rated team I've had in, in, in three or four years. Hmm. Um, so 30.1 is a really, really high, really good rating. So Georgia, number one. Alabama, number two at 28.5. So I would kind of put them in the first tier. Uh, 30.1 Georgia, 28.5 Bama. Number three, I do have Michigan, 26.2. Um, the reason why I think Michigan's number three is they've been really dominant on in the advanced metrics for like offensive line, defensive line. Now, they kind of rebuilt the O-line this this offseason, but a lot of people are saying they should you know pick up where they left off. And obviously, J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corn, they have a lot of experience, as you know, Will. You're a Michigan guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at the football outsider rankings... They were 36th in power success rate, which means, you know, when it, uh, we, we can go through the FEI metrics later, but that has to do with obviously power rushing and converting when you're expected to convert. Uh, sack rate, they were 29th. So that's, those are good, not great rankings, but they really made their mark on passing downs. If you look last year when Michigan ran the football and they were expected to pass the football, so passing downs where they ran, they were fifth in the country. So, um, I think Michigan is is set to kind of capitalize on what they didn't really do elite last year well. And number three, I think, is 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 good for them. Right behind them, Ohio State, number four. Um, I'm not going to go too in-depth with Ohio, Ohio State, but similar to Clemson, they're very, 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 you know, very good, if not elite, everywhere. Quarterback is the question, though. Last year we saw Kyle McCord throw, I think, 20 passes. Is that right? He yeah, didn't, if that. 
So, I mean, obviously he should be good. He's the quarterback of Ohio State. We're accustomed to seeing them just play well, but that's the big question mark there. So, one Georgia, two Bama, three Michigan, four Ohio State. Do you disagree with anything so far? Um, yeah, we'll go through your 10, and I'll break down how mine are different. I'm tracking okay. here, but yeah, I, we're, we're very similar for the most part. Okay. Uh, well, five, I think, is going to be a little bit different because this is where teams start to separate themselves, and this is where I think my next tier of teams exists because often we get this cluster of five, six teams that are alike in the rankings at this point, but I think sure. there's now two teams that are similar. LSU, number five. And I think I have them higher than a lot of people, but... Um, here's what we know about LSU. They're going to be elite at two positions, uh, two positions for sure, receiver and linebacker. I mean, they maybe have the best linebacking core in the, in the country. So um, I just wonder, does LSU need to play Jaden Daniels' style of football or Brian Kelly's style of football? And I was thinking about that and going over the last year's stats and last couple of years for Brian Kelly, and it's like, maybe Brian Kelly football is kind of becoming this not so conservative, not so rigid offense. And he's becoming more adaptive, I think, to this new idea, new offense. Last year, if you look at the rush attempts for LSU, Jaden Daniels ran the ball 186 times. Second on the team was Josh Williams with 97 carries. So that's a huge drop-off from the first and second rusher, and that's your quarterback. So I don't think Brian Kelly's shown in years that he's going to you know do what he did to start his career and, and based on that I love LSU early in the year not so about much about late in the year now again these rankings are I'm not predicting where they're going to finish the year this is where I have them right now mm-hmm. obviously hard schedules injuries all that could happen but right now I've got to LSU number five with a 22.9 ranking so Georgia number one 30.1, Bama 28.5, Michigan 26.2, Ohio State 25.7, and LSU 22.9. So a bit of a drop off there. Number six USC. Uh, the thing with USC, the, the the computer that I, I you know what I use really really likes USC in a lot of areas, but they fall back so substantially on defense. That I think it's the Lincoln Riley factor. I'm not sure why they're this high, to be honest, because I, I don't think I would have them this high if I had just made pure rankings, but the defense is a question mark. And they lose their best cornerback, Makai Blackman, who we saw here in Colorado for a couple years before he left with all the other good players. But um, they do have two good transfers who are going to play corner from Bama and Arizona. So, I mean, there's a lot of people, you know, you never know until you see these how it works out. They, they, they could be better. They could be just as good. I don't think they're going to drop off that much, though, because, again, look at last year. I don't think you can drop off that much. The FEI rankings for USC, and, and the way FEI is explained is FEI ratings are uh, opponent-adjusted data representing the scoring average per possession, a team would, per possession a team would expect to have on a neutral field against an average opponent. And it's calculated from results of non-garbage possessions in, uh, in these games. So they weight it based on opponent, and then get rid of garbage time. So that's what these stats represent. USC's offense last year, number three in the country. Mm. Their defense, 106 in these FEI ratings. So obviously USC, a lot to work on defensively. Um, number seven, uh, Clemson. And the re- uh, Clemson, I think the thing, uh, it depends on where you live, based uh, you know whether you, uh, I think, would agree with this or not. But the narrative around Clemson is they're falling off. They're not going to be that elite team that they were. And I think that they're really good still. They may not be as dominant as they were when they had uh, Trevor um, Lawrence. Lawrence, but look at them last year. They went eleven and three. No one talked about them at all. It seemed 
So it comes down, in my opinion, again, quarterback to Kate Klubnick. Uh, last year he did throw uh, – this is kind of the Ohio State comp, right? Because if Klubnick performs well – and last year he, he threw 100 passes, 61 of 100, two touchdowns, three picks. So on the stat – like on the surface, those stats aren't great. But then you look and see who he played. He played Tennessee – UNC, and UNC was ranked 23rd at the time, Miami, Louisville, and Notre Dame. So we had a, a tough schedule last year that he played. So I think Clubman can come in and play really well for Clemson. And they've got 15 starters back. Notre Dame's at home. Florida State's at home. I think they could play well this year, but right now, number seven in the country at 16.6. Uh, number eight. Do you guys want to guess who number eight is or not? No, you guys want to start playing the guessing game because it, it, at this point it's uh, it's up to a bunch of teams. There's a whole cluster of teams, and we only have three left to to do. I'm gonna guess that you picked Washington. No, 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 no. <laughs> hard no. That's a hard no, right? Uh, is Texas back? You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna give you this. Texas is number nine, so we'll wow. save that. Number eight, though, Utah. Oh, Utah wow. with a 16.4 rating. Um, now, here's the thing with Utah. They bring a ton back. They're so solid every year. Coach, you know, Most of the coaching staff just stays put. One of the best in the, in the country, most underrated, and most underrated home field advantages mm. in the country. Um, I see a lot of people talking about how Utah could fall off, and the critics say they became too reliant on, oh, that tight end, uh, Dalton Kincaid, last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he had 70 catches. I understand why they say that, but... The, this other tight end, uh, Brant Keithy, he's played at Utah now for four or five years, and it, it's it's he's one of the most underrated players in the country. He led Utah in receiving yards in 2019. He was second in 2020, led the team again in, in receiving yards in 2021, and only last year he had some injury problems. Obviously, Kincaid had a huge year, so he wasn't you know he fell off a little bit, but. You're telling me he was one, two, and one early in his career. He's a huge asset, and he's going to fill that need perfectly. The question with Utah is obviously in this sort of a conversation: is do they have the speed? Do they have the athleticism on the outside to really compete at that level, both offensively and defensively? They've got to prove it to me, and, and obviously these rankings too, because it's sixteen point four right now. Even against an LSU, you know they would be what. Seven point dogs, six seven point dogs. So, I think, and this is on a neutral field, of course. But I think Utah is a lot better than the average person thinks, and I think number eight in the country is definitely fitting for them right now. Um, like I said, the athleticism is a question. No, week one, they are either minus eight or minus nine, depending where you look in the country hosting Florida. That's a big spread. So, obviously, a lot of the rankings agree. Okay. Uh, let me wrap this up. Only two teams left. Number nine, Texas. Ryan called this uh, 16.3. So this is point one behind Utah. These teams would pretty much be uh, pick them in my rankings on a neutral. Um, and a lot of people who, you know, I, I, I think of, I feel like I, I start these rankings by saying the people who disagree with this would think a certain thing because I sort of like to play that like devil's advocate off the bat, I guess. But Texas always blows it. <laughs> it seems like they always find a way to lose. Yep. They always find a way to disappoint everyone. And they just, they, they should be, I think that's actually incorporated in here. They should be a lot higher based on their talent and, and, and their coaching staff. I mean, we knew, we know they're loaded. Obviously Quinn Ewers, 
their receivers, Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, I mean, they're both probably obviously going to play in the NFL and get drafted pretty high. They all should have big years. Defense is loaded. Oh, uh, the offensive line should be a lot better. So if they can navigate what I have is the toughest schedule, Phil Steele has is the toughest schedule, Athlon Sports has is the toughest schedule in the Big 12. If they can navigate that and come out with one or two losses, they could seriously be contenders to make the playoffs. I really think that they have a hard schedule. They have to stay in all their games. They got Alabama, you know, is it, it's in Austin this year? Or is that in Tuscaloosa? No, it's in Tuscaloosa at Alabama. Okay. But uh, number nine in the country, Texas, it's 16.3. And then finally, number 10, uh, also 16.3. So it's just probably a little bit behind them. Uh, Penn State. Uh, Penn State, they always seem to get a little bit more love in my rankings than I would give them. Uh, I personally have major question marks about James Franklin winning big games consistently, but they rank highly in a lot of advanced stats, and they've got eight returning starters, both offense and defense. And honestly, Penn State may have the single best secondary in the entire country. So they could be a dark horse, seriously, if they play consistently, like I said, in big games, which James Franklin, uh, we'll see if he can do it over and over. He can, He's won big games, but can he do it in a schedule like this in, in a very, very... You know, top-heavy Big Ten conference, we'll see. So Penn State, number 10, it's 16.3. So just to go over all of them one more time with the rankings, number one, Georgia, 30.1. Number two, Bama, 28.5. Number three, Michigan, 26.2. Number four, Ohio State, 25.7. Number five, LSU, 22.9. Number six, USC, 19.7. Number seven, Clemson, 16.6. Number eight, Utah, 16.4. Number nine, Texas, 16.3. And number 10, Penn State, 16.3. So um, also, because uh, I know we're going to maybe talk about LSU, FSU a little bit. FSU is just behind at number 12. So it's going to be a huge, huge game week one, Florida wait, State. Wait, FSU was, was number? Number 12. Wait, so who's who's 11 then? Uh, well, I, the only reason I have Florida State down here at number 12 is because they play LSU. I, I just have this on my notes, so I'm not sure off the top of my head who's number oh, 11. Oh, okay, gotcha, because yeah. I have my first out. That's why I was curious. But okay, um, you have FSU at 12. So, look, m- my list is actually not drastically different. There's there's a few, like I kind of marked them here. Like we're pretty similar on about six of these picks. We might as well have them, you know, very similar. However, um, you know, there's a couple here that – that are drastically different, I think, from my list, and I'll and I'll tell you why. So we're we're on the same page. I have Georgia number one. They're at the point where they are reloading, like Alabama always does, but they have the advantage of playing in the SEC East. So the the schedule and reloading, like I, I don't I don't see any. I, I don't know. I, I think they're probably going to win the SEC East, and then at that point, it's like, are they just good enough to win whoever uh, comes out of the West? Well, Georgia this year, I have like I said, one of the best rankings I've had in years for any team. Yep, I think. If they they're over under right now is eleven and a half and it's like minus one forty. Yeah, to the and over, that's the so. schedule. Like I think they're really don't get me wrong. They're super talented. They still have questions though. I mean, losing yeah, Stetson Bennett is a big deal considering he's yeah. been a stall stalwart. So there's some questions there, but but they've I think proven if too they good. get there, yes. they can. They, they're going to be ready. 100%. They've got the yes. players. They just have to stay Kirby healthy. Smart has proven yeah. uh, time and time again he's good in, in, in big games. So again, I'm at Georgia number one uh, as well. I have Michigan number two. Uh, the main reason is that while you talk about Michigan, I'm gonna have my last bite of my my uh, my brat here. Enjoy it. Um, yeah, I mean, look, they they reload uh, uh, almost all of their kind of uh, skill position talent. Uh, they they basically lose no one in the skill position. They they reload a ton of guys on what was already a pretty deep defense, and I think they can improve 
uh, at some of the spots. You mentioned they, they're not elite at pass rushing. I think that that will be highly improved this year. The biggest question for them is the offensive line. They did lose some guys. They brought in some grad transfers, um, some good ones at that. A guy from Stanford, a guy from Arizona State, both were very highly coveted in the, uh, in the transfer portal. Um, but again, like they get Ohio State at home, they have they don't play any big non-conference games, so they have a pretty favorable schedule. Um, so again, I think that uh, high chance they're my they're my prediction to win the Big Ten again. So I think they go uh, eleven and one or twelve and zero and win the Big Ten. Right. Um, so I have them number two. Alabama, I have uh, number three. And to be honest, it's only because. So hold on. So so just quickly. Yeah. Um. So I would have Alabama on a neutral field against Michigan. About two point favorites, so minus two. So, what would you have uh, on a neutral field? Would you have Michigan minus one against Bama? Minus two, minus three. How things current? Like if this was game one, yes. Just right now, right yeah. now, yeah. Yes, I would. Only because again, like the question well, marks. Minus one, two, or three. Uh, minus, minus two. Um, okay. and look, the the reason for me is again, like it is Alabama. If if this wasn't like Alabama, we were talking about, like they might not even be like in my top five. But the reason why. They are. It, it is Alabama, so we know they're going to reload at most positions. But I do think, like people are kind of. Uh, I think the assumption is that Jalen Monroe probably starts the quarterback position, and he played as a backup uh, last year in in a lot of spots. But to me, he wasn't like the elite Alabama quarterback we've been used to seeing now over the last like you know six or seven years. And so it's a question mark to me if they can be like just being in the SEC West. Their schedule is brutal. So, like, that's kind of where the question marks come into why I wouldn't have them uh, okay. ahead of ahead of Michigan. So, I've got Bama number three. But you and I so far have the same uh, three teams in our top three. The only difference here now is you have Ohio State number four. I have LSU number four. Um, I think that LSU has a super hard schedule, but I, I really feel like the talent is there. The quarterback is there. Brian Kelly's an elite coach. And I honestly feel like... In some cases, like you see a first-time head coach come in and they have this banger year and then they have like the sophomore slump or whatever. They have the second year, you see a, a drop back. I really don't expect that with Brian Kelly. I think he's just so like proven as a head coach for such a long time and, uh, and LSU is going to have a ton of talent even though they're, they're hard scheduled. So I've got LSU number four. Okay. Uh, number or, wow. or, uh, I, so we're both high in LSU. I don't know if a lot of people would agree with that, but I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like LSU is going to be in most people's top 10, but maybe not that high. Yeah. Uh, number five, I got USC. So again, not that far off. You have them as six. I've got them at five. They should win the pac 12. Uh, to me, you mentioned it like the defense is the biggest issue, right? We know that they're going to score a ton. Like all the talent is there on offense and, uh, and obviously it's a Lincoln Riley scheme. So they're going to score. Yeah. I don't even think the defense has to be, I mean, if, if the defense is is in the top 60 uh, last year, they're probably undefeated and in the playoff, right? And so, like, they don't even have to become an elite defense, and I definitely don't expect but, them to. But remember, last year, let, let's, let's rewind and understand that, L, that USC last year had that huge turnover margin, number one in the country. True. They ended up plus, like, 20-something. I'll, I'll find the exact number. But we talked about that week after week, that this team's getting lucky. They they let Oregon State hang around. They let Arizona hang around. They let all these teams hang right. around last year Lost that they really shouldn't have. And I, I I wonder, if those if that doesn't go their way, obviously last year was a lot different, and, and the conversation is totally different this year. Now, they're, they've switched things up. They're a little bit different on defense. They've got some transfers, and, and, and they seemingly – have a little bit, you know, more experience in the secondary, and, and that should pay off. But I have question marks about USC. 
Yeah, but like again, and I I agree. The turnover margin was not realistic. I don't expect that to continue. But they were just like they were a turnstile for teams that that uh, wanted to march down the field. Like think about how bad the defense would have been. Uh, even if you eliminate the turnover, uh, the insane turnover margin. And so to me, like... Plus 22 in turnovers, by the way. They don't have to be turnover champions to have a good defense. They just need to not give up like a billion yards a game and just be the easy, like the worst third down defense. Like uh, they were just, they were easy. Anybody could, could score on them. And so I think you'll see enough improvement to the, the point where they're like an average or like uh, a slightly above average defense. And to me, that, that easily puts them in, in the uh, the top five there. All right. Uh, number six, I have Ohio State. Um, I just don't have them as high as most people. It's not. I'm not hating on Ohio State as a Michigan person. It's just you lose C.J. Stroud, who statistically was like one of their best quarterbacks ever. Um, plus, they play a tougher schedule than a team like Michigan, the Big Ten. They have, they're at Notre Dame uh, early. They play at Michigan. Uh, like to me... I just like we need to see more. I, I need to see more Kyle McCord to be super confident about it. And they lost other pieces. And again, like the defense is there for them. The defense will be good enough for them to be really good in ten of their games. But again, like is their defense going to be elite uh, when they need it? And I'm I, like I'll believe it when I see it. That's where I'm at with their defense. So number six for Ohio State. Okay. Uh, number seven. You didn't have this team anywhere in your top ten. Uh, Notre Dame. So to me, adding Sam Hartman. To that Notre Dame team makes them an immediate contender. I thought they were. We talked about it last year. They had a really poor start under. Uh, um, help me out with uh, head coach. Uh, Why am I Marcus? Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman. Dude, will yeah, Sam I, Hartman I, is is the best quarterback they've had there in a uh, long Ryan, time. Why does he have to do this? Like uh, I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I, think, I think that with the addition of Sam Hartman, making them that, that could actually make them like a legit, a super legit offense. And I think they're going to have a good enough defense to the point where. <laughs> This is going to be a dangerous team. I expect them to finish in the top 10. I do, even though they play a tough schedule. You know what? We didn't play this earlier, but you're breaking my balls right now. Right before I'm about to do this, Ryan, you can play a little team. Hey, look, America the season again. will. Uh, bricks. A little. Uh, Hans, Hans, Hans. We've been through this a dozen times. I don't have any weapons of mass destruction, okay, Hans? Then let me look around so I can ease the UN's collective mind. Ah, you're breaking my balls here, huh? You're breaking my balls. <laughs> well, I, I really do. I, I think Sam Hartman, I mean, they, uh, who's okay, the here, uh, here. Who, who was the quarterback that started last year for most of the game? Drew. Uh, no, uh, Drew uh, it's killing. We're in offseason mode, by the way. I, I'm starting my prep soon, but like Sam Hartman is a massive upgrade at that position. And I think if you have like not just like elite quarterback play, but decent quarterback play last year, I think Notre Dame is a is is a different team last year, and now you add Sam Hartman to the mix. Uh, I I truly feel like Notre Dame is going to be a, a top team. It was Drew Pine. Drew Pine, yes, thank you. So again, like well, I said, Drew, Drew, and you said no. Oh well, uh, <laughs> I, I was confused. Sorry. Uh, there was another. Who was their? I don't know who their backup was last year, but I think that's what I was thinking. Break my balls, Hans. I know you don't play that again. <laughs> number no, seven is Notre Dame. Uh, number. I, well, well, should I interrupt you to, to for a breaking yeah, go ahead. breaking news a... announcement? Sure. So Florida State, or excuse me, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is my. Uh, Team total under that I'm giving. Okay, well, look, so maybe we, we may have a bet, a bet board. board. We'll yeah. see when we get Here there. We but okay, um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I really feel that that's how much I respect Sam Hartman's game and what I thought he brought to Wake Forest. So I think that's a huge difference for them. Uh, so number seven, right. Notre Dame. Number eight, Florida State. Uh, to me, this is really just about what we saw last year out of Jordan Travis. I think he's a legitimate Heisman candidate. Not only that, though, they won the transfer portal. Florida State pulled in a ton of of 
like guys that will impact their team immediately. They do play a really hard schedule, though. Uh, but I, I think that this is actually the year where Mike Norvell um, really proves something. And to me, uh, they may they may be my pick to win the ACC preseason. I'm not I'm not entirely ready. Ryan, to we look the team yet. total over under for Florida State up. But you have Utah there. I have Florida State. Number nine is Clemson. So again, most people would pick Clemson over. Florida State, just because it is Davos Swinney. Historically, they've been the team to win the the ACC, right? Um, I think adding Garrett Riley to call the plays on offense is huge, huge for them. It could be the. I mean, I could be wrong with them. They could be a top four team if the impact of Garrett Riley is actually that large and Cade Klubnik actually turns out to be legit. But to me, like again, I just need to see it, and I think that I the teams above them. I would pick to win them on a neutral field every day. So Clemson number nine for me. Uh, you want a Notre Dame? Uh, yes. No, Florida State. Oh, yeah, Florida State. Florida, Florida State's uh, uh, win. Florida State is 10. 10, yeah. So, 10. again, like they, they, their schedule is not, not easy, though. If you look at, at Florida State's schedule, they have some Man, tough let's ones. See but here. Let's see the schedule for Florida State. Um, like I know they obviously they have to play Florida. They play uh, – I think they play at Clemson, if I'm not incorrect. Um, tough schedule, but I, I, Jordan Travis like took such a massive step up last year. And if he's the same, if not even better – to me, like they're a really dangerous team. Okay, so let let's get a little uh, let's get crazy here, Will. Let's start making some bet board games. By the way, <laughs> I've got some numbers to go over here in a sec. But, uh, but let's go Florida State schedule. Yeah, what, what? Florida State schedule. Well, they got LSU neutral field to start. Yeah, then Southern Miss Win. at Boston College Win. at Clemson. Bye. See, at Clemson's huge. Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Duke, three zero at Wake at Pitt, Miami, North Six. Alabama. At Florida, yeah, at Florida is tough, but again, like the uh, Clemson game makes Cle- their whole season. And they Clemson go, game made decide ten and three ACC last winner, year, honestly. So, um, so it's so over under ten it's early, which is crazy. Over under ten. That LSU game is so huge for that bet. Over under um, ten. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go. I'll take the under for Florida State. All right. Well, we we have a push, so yeah, I'll go. I'll I'll, I'll go over bet board, Ryan. It's on the board. All right, first game of the year. Um. Also, are you done with your top ten? No, that was number uh, number nine. Number I gave nine. Clemson number ten. This one will also be a surprise. I'm going uh, Washington. Uh, to me, I respect Kalen DeBoer. He is legit. Uh, he came in there and immediately changed Washington. Michael Penix, I think, is probably a top ten uh, pick next year coming out. He's mm. been really good. And their competition in the Pac-12 is not that steep. Like, even though I have USC so high, I think USC will win the Pac-12. If all that that you know, Washington has to do to win the Pac-12 is be better than Oregon. I think they can do that. I think they're better than Oregon. And uh, and and then they'd have to, to beat USC. And I've, again, I think that's not that tall of an order. I think Washington uh, is going to be super, super dangerous on offense. And the defense should be pretty good as well. So I like Washington at number 10. And then my first out, number 11, barely didn't make the cut, is Tennessee. So mm. I, I need to see more, uh, cons- uh, just more consistency of uh from uh joe mixon or joe mixon joe milton sorry um he was all over the place at michigan and then he was amazing in tennessee's bowl game but i need to see it over multiple games he has all the talent in the world if that dude can be consistently good like he was in that bowl game tennessee might be a top five team that's how much like talent i think tennessee has yeah, I've got Tennessee right right there in the mix too. Same thing with A and M. A and M was my number eleven. Oh wow, A&M's, interesting. Well, but again, these are computer rankings. There's a lot that goes into these. Jimbo's past the. Uh, What's their season win total? A and M. 
Uh, Can we find that? I feel like look, it's I'm not, not that I'm much. Not, I'm not, I think it's only like seven yeah, and I'm a half. Not, I'm not super up right now in a and I mean, I wouldn't. But look. I, seven and a half. Seven and a half. Yeah. They play a tough schedule. Yeah. But I don't but, know. Uh, I expect but, improvement. But, but, I, but I have them in that, in that range of being neutral with with all those teams. But look, um, Penn State or uh, Florida State, you know, I think that's going to be a huge game week one. You have them a little Massive. higher than I would, but still. that's Well, you had them 12. That's not, I guess, but you said it like past – Past, yeah, honestly, like exactly. number four or five, the difference between those teams is not much. Like I, Utah, I don't have in my top 11 or 12, but you know, to me, like that's not a big difference between eight and 12. That's very minimal. No, exactly. And yeah, I had Clemson and Penn State, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Clemson, Utah, Texas, Penn State, all within like 0.3. So pretty much the same. So we have a bet board, though, on Florida State 10, right? Florida Florida State, uh, I've got under 10. You've got over 10. And then I also would like to see if you'd like a piece of this. I'm giving out as uh, part of my picks uh, that we're counting for the show, uh, Notre Dame under 9. Notre Dame under 9. The reasons are people from who are are really close to the program, people who are boosters, Public figures who have gone there are all saying the same thing. Their recruiting on defense has been bad, very, very bad. And so that's going to start showing the the lack of depth, the lack of defense, really defensive talent that I think we're going we're to see this year. Um, and they already are thin on defense. So I'm selling my Notre Dame stock, even with some bright spots coming in through the transfer portal. I can't really figure out where they're elite. Maybe running back, you could say they're elite as a position group. Maybe linebacker they've got some really good linebackers potentially you could put them in an elite position group but i think they're gonna be underdogs in a lot of these big games and they're gonna sell uh, or they're gonna be a disappointing team if you're gonna bet on notre dame if you're gonna be a fan of notre dame i think they're gonna be a letdown this year so it's nine uh it's nine and, and you're and you're going under. I'm going under nine. Okay, so let's look at their schedule because here here's the thing. I think they start four and up. So let me actually give a caveat. So okay. I've done this before. If you have a lot of outs to shop around at, if you can bet during the season, you're going to stay up on this stuff. You're you're a regular better. You know what you're doing. I would wait because I believe Notre Dame is going to start four and zero. Here's their first four games: Navy. On the road, hey, no Ireland, you know. Uh, second week, they're uh, Tennessee State at home. Week three at North Carolina State. That's a big game, but they will yeah. be favored. And then week four, Central Michigan at home. So this is assuming they've gone on the road, got a win against NC State, and they've and they're four and zero. That nine is going to be about nine and a half plus 150 at that point. So I think we can get a really good number and bite a piece off a third of the way through the season if you wait for Notre Dame to start well, which I think they will. They end with a lot of tough games. I don't see them winning a lot of those at all. And uh, I'm going to take the under nine. So what do you think, Will? I will take a bet board and go over because here's my thing. Um, What's your thing, Will? I only see like three games in their schedule where I go – there's a good chance they lose that. And honestly, in all three of those games, I could see them winning as well. So here, obviously, they play Ohio State at home uh, September 23rd. That's after that's game six, or sorry, game game five after you say they're going to go 4-0. I know Ohio State's going to be favored in that game, but at home, like if you're going to have a shot at a top 10 team, you sure. want them at home only a few games into the season where they're breaking in a new quarterback. That's not that, that wouldn't be that crazy for me. If, if Notre Dame would win that game, right? I, th- I think that would be pretty crazy. Then they're at... Okay, then whatever. Let's count as a loss. They lose to Ohio State. That's one loss. 
Uh, they're at Duke. That's a win. Then they have a bye before what I think is one of their more dangerous, maybe, trap games, and that's at Louisville. Louisville brings in uh, uh, Jeff Brom from Purdue, who I think will do great things at Louisville, but that's for sure a trap game. But they get a, they have a bye leading into it, right? So I think, they, I think Notre Dame wins that game. So I think they still only have one loss. Then the next week they have USC at home. Let's count that as a loss, even though, again, to me, that's a winnable game. It's a rivalry game, uh, and, and I, I think Notre Dame's going to be so, better than people expect. Let but me give you some lines two on these real quick. Okay. So the lines on uh, when they host Ohio State. It's nine, right? Ohio State's only a seven-point favorite. Seven-point favorite. It, it was nine, and money's come in on Notre Dame. Okay, so there you go. So seven, and then USC at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a one-point favorite, so they're right. They're, they're favorite they are at home. home. How what, do you know what the line is for at Louisville? I'm sure Notre Dame's favored in that game, but maybe not uh, by much. This is not posted. Okay. And then and, they the, have the other game that's posted is Clemson. But I'll wait till you get there. Oh wait, you know what? I by the way, this is weird. I I looked at this wrong. By the way, we don't they don't have a buy going at Louisville. Okay. That that was that was my bad. So even still, that Louisville game is a trap game for sure. Going on the road, then they get USC. But even still, I think they win that Louisville game. But then they have a bye week. Then they host Pitt. I think that's a win at Clemson again. Like that's. That's probably a loss, but I none of the other games are losses to me. Then they have Wake Forest and at Stanford. So to me, is like if nine is the line, the worst I see happening is a push. I really don't see them losing to Stanford, Wake, Pitt, Louisville, Duke, Central Michigan, NC State, Tennessee State, or Navy. But that's why you made the bet, right? And so I I think they're I think they go 10, uh, 10 wins. So again, uh, well. another we got two bet boards already on the board. Well. Let's go. This much I'm I love. Excited. Well, here's what we need this year. We need volume this year. We need some volume. I have some numbers here. So okay. some years have been lighter than others. These are the bet board results uh, since we started the show. So uh, year one, which was 2019, uh, 19 and 18 that year. Mm-hmm. So it was down to the wire. Yeah. I won 19, 18. I, I can't wait for what's coming. Uh, <laughs> in 2020, 18, 15, and one, I won. By the way, uh, yeah. I won that year, 18-15-1. So, very close, again, down to the last bowl game, but not that many picks, right? The first year, 19-18, and 18, we didn't you know, even have 40 picks that year. 18-15-1 again. And then fast forward to 2021, I won that year 31-13-1. So, uh, that's a palindrome, by the way. 31, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, it almost is. But yeah, yeah 31, I mean, 13, 1, 2021. Things are not trending in the right direction. And then last for me. year, I didn't finish well. Last year, 22, 13, and 1. Here's what I'll say, though. I might be able to, to gain some ground by getting some bet boards in before you're fully locked in. You could That's do what that. I'm saying. <laughs> That's what these bet boards that. might be here. Uh, so, total record for the bet board 90, 59, and 3. So in 152 games, about 60.4%. But those three pushes could have gone my way. So. But I do have <laughs> I do have uh, my, my record, too. So this is just a uh, bet board aside, my, my individual records. Last year, 56, 28, and 3, up, up 25.2 units. And then total record on the show, four-year record, 181, 96, and 11, up 75.4 units. So on the show, 75.4. Million-dollar unit, you'd have won 74 million. Uh, what about billion? <laughs> wow. I mean, you'd be... $100 million. We need, we need Elon as a listener. <laughs> okay. Need Elon um, making some billion so dollar So those are the numbers. We'll go over them, I'm sure, again, because I got them. So. All right. Well, we got two bet boards, though. That's huge. Two bet boards. I like... I like uh, I'm like. i a positive guy. I always bet, you know, betting the over. <laughs> Tower negative Nancy going under on both Florida State and Notre Dame. Yes. So interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, now... 
Smitty, you brought trivia. Yeah, is that all the college football we got for today? It is. That's all we got. Uh, let me get some lemonade first. Okay, Tyler's for sure. going to get some lemonade, sure. another American classic. Oh, I also have my... Uh, I wonder if he's going simply. You think it's simply? Names. He is what? Oh, yeah, that's right. We have another another Tyler skit. Uh, simply lemonade. No. Well, we know... What was the... Or- Remember we got deep in orange juice and why Tower doesn't yeah, like, like th- Florida Zone or something like that? Well, I thought... Wasn't he like a Tropicana guy? Yeah, so but I'm I don't even because I don't well, really buy lemonade, the, so all, I don't know the all brands. That, all that shit, I don't really either. I know. Isn't, does Ocean Spray make lemonade or no? I'm sure they do. Maybe it is just like Tropicana. Uh, or something. But remember all that shit that came out about Simply Le- or Orange, like causing cancer and stuff. Yes. Yeah, that really just kind of blew over, didn't it? Yeah, no, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure it's still on the shelves. <laughs> oh, for yeah, sure is. Interesting. I, I'm not a big lemonade drinker. So I, what? All right, Tyler, what's the brand? The lemonade brand. Florida's natural. Florida's natural. So that, that he's big on Florida's juice. natural okay. orange juice and the lemonade. I see. He's big. On, he's a big Florida guy. We were struggling to come up with names of of brands that actually make lemonade. Yeah, lemonade. Other tough. than simply Minute Maid. Minute, Minute Maid. That that'd be my pick. Yeah. Minute yeah. Maid's delicious. Uh, no, Florida's natural is what you got to go there. Um, I also had some chips. Did you guys notice today for the chips? I didn't go Ruffles. I went Wavy Lays. Where do you guys mm. fall on Ruffles versus Wavy Lays? I'm a wavy lay more mm. than a ruffle guy. I don't really. Yeah, that's what I got today. Those Unless we go either of the chips that I get typically. So no, well, me neither. But uh, if you had to pick, because those are kind of like well, part, party Which ones did I just have? Those are wavy lays. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought they were ruffles. If they're a sour, I don't know. if it's a sour cream and onion, give me a rough all day. Those roughs. I guess sour cream and onion. I've always been uh, been partial to lay, so I'll go wa- wavy lays. Yeah, there you go. That's what you got to right, go. A lot trivia. of people just go ruffles like off the cuff though. Okay. They just go to the store and just go sure. ruffles. Ruffles are yummy. So you got to, you got to, you know. Right, well, well, you said you had something else? No, well, I just have my player businesses, you know. Okay. Remember like B. John's Dijon last year and I didn't get credit for yeah, it? Let's oh, go yeah, ahead and sure. run through this. Tommy Tupperware. We should have Tupper, TM'd it. We totally should have TM'd that stuff last year. I know. Will actually called it out really on the show. He's like, I said, B. John's Dijon is going to be a thing. I said it. And yeah. then it, now it is. <laughs> All right. So here, I got a couple. We sue um, him. <laughs> So uh, let's go here. Let's start with the center from Georgia, Cedric Von Prahn. Um, he's probably maybe the best center in the country. He's he's going to be an uh, NFL pick for sure. Von Prahn? Cedric Von Prahn, yes. Wow. Um, so on the nose, if you want to go Cedric Von Prahn's or Von's Prawns, right, and actually sell prawns. You know what a prawn Who's is. Who's buying like, prawns? I want to know. People, uh, people eat prawn. SEC country, they eat prawns. Will well, that's not. I know it's a shellfish, but it's not. Uh, that's not what a crawfish boil is. A prawn isn't a crawfish, is it? Is it not? I thought it was like something separate. <laughs> Ryan, do they eat prawns in the south? Uh, I think that's more of a coastal thing. Ah, well, it's, I mean, I mean, prawn, yeah. no, prawns are New more Hampshire like friends. shrimp than they are crawfish, but they look like a disgusting shrimp. Okay, well, either way, Cedric Vaughn's prawns, he's going to sell them, okay? Okay. Uh, <laughs> love it. The the other one, little old little uh, throwback for our old school fans here, Cedric the Entertainment Center. <laughs> so we'll so have sells. an entertainment center, sell TVs, speakers. <laughs> So Cedric Von Prahn. Okay, next. Okay. Nobody uh, has entertainment centers anymore. Dre, <laughs> it's my it's old People's school. Parents. Cedric the Entertainer and the whole entertainment center. <laughs> yeah, thing. Go. I'm just going back to the 90s. Okay. Uh, Drake May. Now, Drake May, quarterback for UNC, of course. Here's the thing. I got on a path here because you can do a lot of things with Drake's, right? Sure. You can go Drake's Cakes. Drake's Coffee Cake. Drake's Breaks. You know, Drake's Snakes, if you want to go like exotic. Snakes? Just steaks, exactly. You could go uh, Drake's Flakes, like like Ooh. a cereal. You know, uh, what about Drake's Rakes? Sure. You know? Rake uh, store seems like not anything a great that really idea. rhymes with Drake's. Yeah, you could Drake, go with. I, exactly. I was going Drake's Shakes, too. You know, Ooh, uh, Drake's Drake Shakes, shake I like. There's more options. Or Drake and Shake. 
since he's Drake May, how about Drake Mayo? Just some Drake Mayo. Yeah, mm-hmm. tough to break into that Mayo game. You know, Dukes right. and Hellman yeah, really has the really, squeeze yeah. on the market. Right, let's keep it, the quarterback <laughs> thing going. Phil Jerkovic, uh, the quarterback transfer, by the way. I think he's going to have a good year. Will br- Did you notice, Ryan? Will just breeze past that Pittsburgh game on, on Notre Dame's schedule. Just breeze past it as if they're just going to waltz over Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's going to have a really good team this year. And I think Phil Jerkovic is, is due for a good season from Boston College, tied up in that offense to Pitt, where... They're not going to ask him to throw it 25, 30, 35 times a game. He's going to be structured in this offense. He's going to have a good season. So I think watch out for him. But either way, uh, Jerks Elk Jerky. Now I looked up in mm. Pennsylvania, elk is a thing. Elk's a, there's a lot of elk out there. So he's getting into elk jerky. <laughs> so Jerks Elk Jerky. There's a lot jerky. of America. Yeah. <laughs> there's elk everywhere. We got elk here. And then uh, the uh, throwback or uh, shout out to the Seinfeld fans, uh, the Jerk Store. Ah, Phil Jerkovic. Yeah. What does so, he sell there, though? Well, I don't know, but whatever it is, they're running out of you. <laughs> okay, so uh, Phil Jerkovic, the jerk store, and then Jerks Elk Jerky. Uh, so Love we've done it. Drake May, Jerkovic, Von Prawn. Okay, two left. Oklahoma State, great name here. Uh, Dazon Stribling. Dazon Stribling. Uh, so I got Stribling's Dribbling Academy. He's going to teach some basketball. But he's a football player. Yeah, it didn't work for the <laughs> for the... Play on words, the rhyming. Okay. So, Stribling, Stribling Let's Academy. Let's fact check the bit. <laughs> so, uh, he, what do you think about that? Who would you pay for a up. Dribbling Academy? In point guards? <laughs> I mean, come on now. Point guards shoot these days. Tyler, what are you, trapped in the 90s? Okay. Not, uh, God, that's good. That's good lemonade. <laughs> Not according to uh, Stribling, Stribling Academy. Okay. And then finally, Army tight end, Joshua Lingfelter. Now, I don't know if I was on an island or if I just went a weird way with this. That reminded me of Zoolander. So we're going to go the Joshua Lingfelder's Center for Kids Who Can't Read Good and want to do other good stuff, too. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I dig it. Lingfelter. Lingfelter. Yeah, Army, watch he out. sure does. What if he was uh, doing upholstery instead, but only with felt? Lingfelter. Oh, that's good. It's felting things. Felter. <laughs> so those are my names. Love TM, it. all of them. Love it. Yeah. All right. Ryan, is there a theme to this trivia, Smitty? America, of course. Oh, of course. All right. Okay, so yeah, I thought we'd close out today's show um, with some, uh, I guess, trivia. Uh, no multiple choice on these guys. Uh, I got five questions for you. One question is worth two points. Okay. Um, and these questions come from the test to become a U.S. citizen. Oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All right, first question. How many amendments does the Constitution have? Amendments. All right. Um, I definitely don't know this, and I this is I, I'm ashamed to not know. I want to say it's there are 22. That's my guess. Walsh, is this closest to the hole or what? Sure, we can do that. Yeah, closest to the hole works. Okay, 23. Well, it's not Price is Right rules. <laughs> so that, you're screwed. Well, you Why? only win with 23 or 24. Oh, no, I get never. You're is, uh, everything over. I yeah. see. Okay. Uh, Walsh gets it. There's 27. Damn it! Okay. Amendments Boom. to the Constitution. So Walsh nice. got one. Not if it was mine. No, I'm kidding. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> let's see who's getting. <laughs> let's see who can get out of this country. Okay. Next question. Who wrote the Declaration of Independence? Um, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin. Well, I think it's just Benjamin Franklin. It's just Thomas Jefferson. Fuck! Uh, so does he win close? We were both wrong, they, right? There's no closest to the hole. Yeah, not, the, not on that one. 
Damn it. Mm. I'll give Walge a half. I get a half point. I like that. Bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> Look. When was the Constitution written? Well, it was signed. I'm going to say it was written. Like, written. Like, like, when was it first written? So it's like not the year we're thinking of, right? Help me out here. Give me, give me a clue. So Constitution. Not what you're thinking Not the of. Declaration mm. of Independence. The, con- the, the Constitution. The Constitution. Exactly. The Constitution. Uh, do I have to go first? Yes. 1831. Oh, wow. Um, no, I think it's like... No, can I revise my answer? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> we're, we're, taking, we're revising answers? Uh, yeah, I don't think that was a very good guess. Well, <laughs> it wasn't. I'm going to go... Uh, I mean, I can just go, go eighteen thirty. Yeah, yeah, but I want to be close. I think it's. Yeah, I think go, it's seventeen eighty-five. Yeah. It's definitely seventeen hundred. Seventeen eighty-seven. We'll give it to Willie. Boom. God, that was that was a bad guess. <laughs> yeah, <it was>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do American history. <laughs> All right. Wait, but but what's the score still? I'm up one and a half to one, right? Yeah, yes. you're up a half. All right. Bullshit. <laughs> what territory did the United States buy from France in eighteen o three? I know this one. Does that mean I have to answer first? Because if I know it, then he gets it too. If, well, if yeah, he there, know I mean, there's no con- closest to the hole on this one. Right, but then what I'm saying is, he, if he doesn't know it, he's going to get a point because I answer you first. You for sure know it. I absolutely. I know. Think, wait, should we In say fact, it on the should we say it on the count of three? I know what it was. I know how much it was bought for. Oh wow! Should we say it on the count of three? Sure. One, two, two three. three. Louisiana Louis- purchase. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm making sure. I thought you were going to try. Oh well, well. So will how would I not know it was Louisiana purchase? I know it was bought the, for one will million dollars. Just let me jump off the cliff, and I'm going. <laughs> you bastard! I thought you were. I thought you were going to watch me. Before I go, I didn't know. I got scared. <laughs> I thought you didn't know because I thought you gave me a look like you didn't know. You know it was bought for a million dollars, by the way. <laughs> really? Uh. So do I get that extra half point for actually saying it? Because Will French. didn't say it. Fleeced or maybe it was like $2 million, but it was it was like nothing, basically. Uh, yeah. we totally so is that him. the quiz? Huh? Is that no, it? We both get a point Still there. Still got two. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. And not, you're only up by a half. Okay. Who was the president during World War One? <laughs> I think I know it. Uh, well, is this where you have to say it? On the, no, you have to write it down. Yeah, write it down. Show it to me, Tyler. Right, Ryan. Nope. Mm. That was two. Mm. <laughs> How do I make this larger? Here we go. <laughs> well, I, I already guessed. Oh, okay. Is it Truman? No. Woodrow Wilson. Damn it. Both wrong. What did you guess? Eisenhower. Eisenhower. <sighs> All right. Uh, last one, and this is worth two points. Uh, Walter, you're up a half. Yes. Name one of the two longest rivers in the United States. One of the two? One of the two for one point. If you can name both, that's two. Damn. <laughs> okay, right, I'm going to so... go. I'm going to go. I do think that the. Oh, man. I wonder if it's a trap. I think the Louisiana is one of them. And my other guess will be. So, no, yeah, don't give the answers until he yeah, does that. Yeah. I'll go Louisiana and. Colorado. Right, I'm going to go the Mississippi River and the Rio Grande. No, it, the uh, – yeah, go to the Colorado River too. Yeah, only Walgie got one of them. It's the Mississippi and the Missouri. 
Did I say the Louisiana? There's I don't not think, even a, there's I would, not even a Louisiana. So river. I'll take my loss, <laughs> but I was thinking Mississippi in my head. That, that was a full on well, dyslexic we'll, brain we'll fart down moment. The country, you're out of yep. here. The Louisiana, yeah, that's not a river. I was thinking Mississippi. That's so stupid. I'm a goddamn patriot. Wow. And what was the other one? The Mississippi and Missouri. Missouri, the Missouri River. Mizzou. Interesting. Mizzou. Wow. Terrible. That's pathetic. I drank my lemonade way too fast. Um, well, I listen, had picks though. Oh, yeah, you got picks, right, of course. Got picks. Um, so we may get a couple more bet board games. Okay. So if you like some picks, stick around. Uh, I've got two of them. These are both early in the season. So this first game is actually going to be for the opening day. So the first day of college football, Notre Dame and week Navy zero? play. Or no, we- it was week, week one. Ze- well, it's week zero, I believe, August 26th or whatever it is. Okay. Uh, Notre Dame and Navy start off. This is not that game, but th- right after that, about uh, three hours after that game, so right when that's ending, you get a barn burner. It's uh, UTEP Jacksonville State. Ooh, yeah. So barn burner indeed. We're gonna take UTEP plus two at Jacksonville State, and he we got a, a breakdown right here. So um, UTEP is a really good team. They're gonna be, I think, at the top of near the top conference USA this year. Um, they have a lot to prove, but when it comes to being the best team, you know, behind WKU and certain teams like that. But I think they're going to be good. This is going to be Ga- uh, Gavin Hardison's fifth year as a, a starting quarterback. So he's made mistakes before. Like last year, I noticed there uh, a stark difference when he threw the ball a lot. And then when they had a rushing game plan, they held him back. He threw 15, 20, 25 times in a game. And I split it up, and I split the six games because it's pretty down the middle. Six games where he threw the ball a lot, six games where he didn't. I had the demarcation about like 28 to 30 throws because um, there were none that fell like in that window. So um, when he threw more than 30 times, his average QBR was 28. When he threw less than uh, 28 times, his average QBR was 20, was uh, 58. So it jumps about 30 points last year. Now he's got some guys back. He's got experience. I think he's going to play really well. Running back Deion Hankins is back. He was second-team All-Conference USA last year. And uh, look out for Mike Franklin, right? The question is who's going to play backup this year, who's going to be the backup running back at those those carries and, you know, second down, potentially third down. Mike Franklin is a big 230-pound running back. Dimmel loves him. Dana Dimmel loves him. And he's going to get some, some looks, I think. He was recruited by Washington. So he chose okay. between those two schools. Um, he had 1,500 yards at... Contra Costa College. Contra Costa? Of course. The fighting, uh, what do you guys think they are? Contras. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Sandinistas. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, they do have Tyron Smith back. Thousand-yard receiver last year. He had seven touchdowns, too. So I think this is going to be a good offense. By the way, one of the best offensive lines and defensive lines in Conference USA, according to Phil Steele. So when they match up with Jacksonville State, Jacksonville State's coming up from the FCS. And I think a lot of this in my opinion, overreaction in the, in the market is what James Madison did last year. Same situation. James Madison, perennial FCS contender. They come up, blow everyone away, destroy the, the, the markets. But this has happened in the past. Like We're so focused on these last years, last year, last couple of years. The question is, is Jacksonville State that loaded? Can they just come in and dominate? And I don't think so. Their line is where it starts. Just talked about UTEP. Offensive and defensive line, I think they're going to have a big advantage here. And just look at what they've done the last couple of seasons. So last year, Jacksonville State went nine and two. They got they they did what they needed to do, got the call up. But the year before that, five and six. The year before that, not a bad bad season. But then the year before that, six and six. So two of the last three seasons, five and six, six and six, in the FCS. So 
I know they've had their run, like I said. And I, I, I don't think they're going to be a bad team. So if you're a Jacksonville State fan, I think they're actually going to be good as the season goes on. But UTEP, like I mentioned, one of the best offensive and defensive lines in the conference. And Conference USA... <laughs> This is still probably one of the worst conferences in college football, but Can't they're say getting that on July better. 4th. They're getting you. better, okay? They're getting better. They're getting some players. I think Jacksonville State's going to have an average to below average offensive and defensive line. So here's the big factory also, Rich Rod. Rich Rod is Shout the coach out. of Jacksonville State, and he's trying to you know put them on the map their first year in. I just don't know if that experience is worth up. enough. So uh, 16 starters coming back, nine on offense. Jacksonville State's going to have a lot of the players that went 9-2 last year. So if they did have, you know, the talent that they say they did and that the market thinks they do, then we'll see. But UTEP last year, 5-7, and seven, but they're making huge strides. Now, here's the thing. Dana Dimmel, when he took over, a couple bad seasons, and then 1-11, 3-5, 7-5 in a three-year span. And then last year, by the way, the 7-5 and five season, they started 6-1 and one before some injuries. Last year, they went 5-7, uh, and seven, kind of a, a down year, but they did have a win against Boise, and they had some real tough road losses to Rice, UTSA. Remember, they also lost to OU. Mm-hmm. That's tough when you go 5-7 and seven, don't make a bowl. So overall, I'll take UTEP plus the two against Jacksonville State. On the road, we'll go UTEP plus two. What do you think, Miners. Uh, yeah, I'm def- not, won't be a bad board. Shout out to the <laughs> UTEP Miners. Uh, I, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I need, need a drink there. He's all out of lemonade, folks. I'm out. I'm upset. I drank it too fast. <laughs> Great drink for podcasting, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. Uh, Utah, Florida. Oh, week one. Yeah, yeah. This next game, Utah, Florida. We're going to go Utah minus the eight. Now, I'm saying eight because, honestly, there's a lot of nines out there. If, you, if you're just on DraftKings or FanDuel, um, if you do want to go to an offshore book, go to BetUS.com, put a promo code TAILGATE. And we'll, it'll get you a bunch of good promos. But uh, Utah minus eight's available at several places in Vegas, several places online. So I think eight right now. And it's trending that way. It opened nine, and it's trickling down. So I think eight is a, is a good number for me to take. Um, let's start off with the power rankings. Like we mentioned earlier, um, I've got Utah. Well, actually, there's a whole bunch of different kinds of power rankings I have. But overall, I've got Utah about 7.1 points better than Florida. Easily a touchdown better. Um so when when you ask yourself how much is home field worth, because that's what you have to do, right? What we did earlier is is neutral field. You do the math, how much better is this team than that team, and that's on a neutral. I've got Florida a touchdown worse than Utah. So we have to factor in home field advantage. Phil Steele has four for, for uh, excuse me, Phil Steele has five and a half for home field for Utah. I think it's maybe closer to four, let's say four and a half. So with my rankings, that puts this much closer to like an 11, 11 and a half, potentially 12-point game if we're using the other rankings. So I think this is a pure rankings play. Um, now let's talk about each of these teams because you get past the math, get past the rankings, and I also like the X's and O's matchup. Uh, Utah returns 16 players, including Cam Rising, uh, Jaquindon Jackson, Michael Bernard at running back, top two wide receivers also. But they, like I said, they're definitely going to miss Dalton Kincaid. I kind of broke this down earlier when I talked about Utah in the in the top ten, with uh, Brant Keithy taking over it in place of uh, Kincaid. Mm-hmm. So I think this offense is going to hit the ground running. I th- literally, I think they're going to have a really great rush attack, and Cam Rising is going to have a great season because of that. Um, let's see. 
you, I'm just skipping over everything I read earlier about uh, this team. Utah's defense, we didn't talk about the defense earlier. Uh, nine starters back on a defense that last year finished 11th in efficiency. We don't think about Utah's having this really good dominant defense, but efficiency and FEI, they get rid of so much nonsense, so much garbage, and... Utah has a good defense, and they're bringing back a lot of those pieces, nine starters back for that defense. And most public rankings, including Phil Steele, have Utah as a top 10 team. So remember, last year, Utah allowed 20 points or fewer in nine games last year. 20 points or fewer in nine games. They gave up 29 to Florida week one at Florida. But in that game, let's remember, they led 19-14 in the fourth quarter. So they gave up a late barrage of scores. Florida came back to win with like a minute left, and they allowed, what, 29 that game? So overall, that defense is, I think, really underrated. Um, Florida's bringing back 11 players. Six offense, five defense. Now you may say, okay, they weren't great last year. They don't need to bring back all those players, but I don't know how much better they're getting. You look at these transfers, and they're not flashy names. They're not a whole bunch of, of transfers that were picking between other highly rated schools. And they get Graham Mertz. And I, I'm not so sure about Graham Mertz either. As a matter of fact, I've got some some stats here on Graham Mertz. Um, but they've got talent like always, right? Trevor Etienne, Ricky Purcell, the transfer from ASU. Um, but can they break through? Can Billy Napier finally break through? So I'm giving them a chance to. I think they should be much better this year than, than we got last season. But I don't, I don't think this game, week one, on the road, hostile environment at Utah is the place where I'm going to back them. And as a matter of fact, this is the place where I would start to fade them or at least fade in week one. Um, Last year, Florida overall FEI rankings, they came in 29th overall. Their offensive line ranked 74th in opportunity rate. Just to kind of quickly go over what that is, it's the percentage of carries when four yards are available, like like second and four, second and five, where you gain at least four yards. So the, the the percentage of carries where the line is responsible for getting three and a half to four yards, what do you rank in the country? 74th in that, Florida was last year. Um, Utah's defense was 13th and 9th in those, in those same categories. So I just think Utah's defense matches up well. They bring back a lot of those players. And Florida, here's the thing. Florida, when they play well, what they want to do, the Gators want to establish the run and run the football, pound the football, and, and, and get things going that way. And look, I know a lot of that was because Anthony uh, Richardson last year. Yep. That's kind of how he played well. I'm not sure if they're going to do the same thing with, with Graham Mertz. But um, I, I, I believe they're going to want to do that. That's what I think the offense is going to still be built on. So they just won't be able to do that against Utah. You know, I think that's a bad matchup for them. Utah last year, like I said, 13th in the nation in that power success rate. And... They're going to be able to, I think, shut down what Florida wants to do to to establish the the game. So let's get back to Graham Mertz. But before I wrap this up, this is my last point here. I think too much is going to be asked of Graham Mertz. Because of this way, I think the game's going to go. I think Florida's going to throw the ball a lot more than they have to. Look last year, and let, let, let's not just say last year, Graham Mertz's career, okay? In Graham Mertz's career, when he's played at an AP Top 25 team, five touchdowns, 12 picks. Wow. Like, in those games, he does not seem to show up. I don't think that's a great scenario to be in on the road at Utah with a brand-new team, brand-new offer. For sure. You know, so I'm going to – I think that's the reason you start building those things up, why it's nine in some places, eight and a half, eight in some places. I gave it out at eight, but I certainly like it at nine as well. Like <sighs> – I could see Utah rolling in that game, honestly, because I agree. Like Florida has a lot of question marks, and and Utah's home field advantage is actually like one of the most underrated in the country. I think so the no, altitude no is huge. No bad board there. Mm-hmm. No, none whatsoever. 
but I'm, I, I created a bet board tracker here. We had one in the offseason that we'll have to go back and listen to regarding the, uh, it might have even been the end of the season we made it, looking at, at some look-ahead lines that was Notre Dame-Ohio State. And I want to say it was, at the time, I think, and we can, we'll go back and listen because I don't want to uh, assume anything here, but I think you took Ohio State minus like nine and a half or something. I think it was a big number, and I was on the Notre Dame side on that. So we we'll shall listen. And, we for sure have two bet boards, which I love. We're like a month or, or less than 60 days away from college football, which means we're you know a, a month away from preseason breakdowns. We're going to start getting into it in August. Thanks you, thank you guys for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. We'll see you next time.